Good day, everybody. This is Dan Young. Welcome to the Practice Blueprint Podcast. And by way of special announcement, I want to make certain that you all know we are launching the Practice Blueprint channel. That's right. Fun, simple, easy, real-life practice experience by practitioners for practitioners. Eliminating distractions, ads, algorithms, and hassles of trying to find the content you want. We call it Mentorship On Demand. So stay tuned for those announcements and be sure and join the Practice Blueprint channel. As we get started with these get-togethers is really understand and dive deeply into why you're here, okay? Um, my background is since 19, you know, 90, uh, 1974 when our family first got involved in this type of thing because of my grandparents and some of those other things that happened to them which I'll share in more detail later and then my father going into becoming a master herbalist and then in 98 starting in Torrington and what's happened for us since then when I came here November 1st of 2001 and what's happened with the practice and what's happened with the actual manufacturing site um, it's important for uh, there's, there's very few things that we can't talk about very few, okay? Now, I don't have all the answers, never will, okay? But we have developed and captured and documented enough answers over the years, right, that work themselves out in the majority of situations time and time again, okay? And so, whether it's tough cases or how to approach or how to communicate, what paperwork is, any of the, any of the stuff that you think might be either an area where you struggle or it could be a potential setback or you're not confident because you don't have experience and you don't have to look, whatever, bring it up, okay? This is one of those weekends where you get an opportunity to practice something that very few people practice anymore, and that's called being vulnerable. You get to be vulnerable, right? You get to open yourself up and say, look, here's where I'm at, honestly. Here's the questions I really need answers to. Here's my really deepest fears, okay? And, and let's address them. Let's throw them on the table. Let's kick it around. Let's get, some, let's get it solved so that you can move forward on that promise. So that you can move forward on that promise, okay? So give it, you know, take whatever time you want. Give it some thought. You probably, you may already have something that you want to share on this, but share with all of us here, each of us individually, but share why you're here. And who wants to go first? Go ahead, Shay. So um, long story short, I got very sick. I couldn't sit down. I had all kinds of health issues, and Western medicine couldn't find the answer. X-ray, blood test, you name it, you're fine. And it was not fine. Um, I could barely sit down on the toilet because I couldn't bend my knees, and I couldn't use my wrists to hold me, and mm. I would just flop down. And I was in my 30s, and like I was in so much pain, too. wasn't fibromyalgia. I couldn't wake up early enough. I gave myself you know, proverbial points if I could get out of bed, sit on the couch by 11, not even be dressed. Um, so when Western medicine wasn't the answer, I started to pursue natural um, modalities. And I've tried everything under the book, under the sun. And every step along the way, I learned something. And I went, oh, that's interesting. And the whole time that I was sick, I was sick for almost 10 years, seven to 10 years. I was even looking at wheelchairs to buy. And I was a competitive wow. horse jumper. Wow. 
and my brain wanted to go and play and be with my friends, and I couldn't, and I'd have friends complaining and going, oh, I saw a picture of you on Facebook, and you looked so good, how come you didn't come to my party? And I'm like, I couldn't even put shoes on, because my feet were so swollen. And like, you look fine, but you're in a lot of pain. So again, I tried all these different modalities, and every step along the way, I'm like, oh, that worked, but only a little bit. I only got like 4% improvement, another 4% improvement, another 4% improvement. Mm. And I always knew in my heart of hearts I was not gonna stay sick forever, even though it was almost a decade. I always knew I'm gonna find the answer, and I also really believed that I'm supposed to be on this journey because this is gonna be my crash course in becoming a healer because when somebody else comes to me, I need to be able to relate and go and know exactly what you're feeling when you're in pain. I, I knew that I would be able to have the words to comfort this person to say, I get it. I also knew that as I took each individual herb and it alleviated this problem or that problem, I knew that that would be my, my textbook studies. Like, I remember why this herb worked, because it helped me do this and this and this. Um, I also am a dog behaviorist which means I'm not just training, but I'm working on the issues, and I always felt that there was an intuitive connection. And so I kind of went, I think I'm intuitive, I'm not sure, maybe I am. And I, I just had a deep feeling that I need to find my people. And there needs to be an intuitive part to it. And again, along the way, I'm meeting more and more and more. And it all comes to a spearhead when I meet April. Not just so much at Trinity, but April specifically, because she's just as crazy as I am, so it was fantastic. <laughs> everybody but it's definitely for you guys I really was barely walking it was horrendous and I used to get out of my chair like this I would like push to get to the end go and dip my head and get momentum to get out that's how bad it was mm. long story short somebody tells me about a TV show where there's a healer who's gonna heal you uh, heal you I applied for the show I went to bed the night before in the clothes because I couldn't get dressed because this hurt that hurt this so I showed up didn't even brush my hair because of that much pain. Mm -hmm. They booked me for the show. It's called The Healer with Charlie Goldsmith out of Australia. Are you familiar? Um, I was in excruciating pain and he literally went like this and fluttered his eyes and pop, 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 release, 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 release. I went from 20% functioning to 80% functioning. I could wear heels and I could jump in 30 seconds. Mm. Amazing. Three days later, I was riding a horse. <gasps> really? From that 80% moment, whatever happens, Herxheimer effect or whatever it was, I was like that for six months. Mm. Herxheimer effect or whatever, all of those toxins now have to push out of your system through your lymph. So from 80%, I slowly creeps to about 89%, but, but just life, right? Sure. But I'm like, 89 is still not good enough. I'm still not strong. I can't open up my own water bottles to this day. I struggle. I can't even open up a honey packet. It was a, I was at dinner last night with April and Tammy, and I couldn't even open it. They had to open it for me. And I'm okay with, like, I still function, but I just don't have the strength because it stops here. It's okay. So what happened for me with that moment, because I had all done all kinds of healings and got pieces along the way, and he just reset it. And what I learned is he had a supernatural ability that was exemplified. A lot of us have that mm -hmm. in our own way. It's yep. our sixth sense. Yep. His was just over here. And 
For the next six months, I walked around every day with tears in my eyes, the way that you are, going, I can't believe I experienced that. I can't believe I experienced that. I can't believe that there are supernatural people on this in this planet. And it went from my mind having a ceiling here to having no ceiling. I have no ceiling on what's capable, what's possible. I don't share this everybody because they're going to think I'm lying, crazy. They don't care. Um, the TV show got cut after six episodes because of death threats and Satan threats and you're the devil to him. To the, mm-hmm. No shocking there, right? Yep. <clears throat> and, um, it, I'm so grateful that I got chosen. Now Charlie gets 50,000 calls a day. He has to cut, block everything. It's a poor guy, you know? And it was the most rewarding experience of my life. I don't know why I was chosen for the miracle, but I got a second chance at life. And I want to pay it forward as best I can. That's beautiful. Good for you. I'm so, so glad you're here. I was so sick. I wanted to kill myself, not because I was psychologically impaired. I couldn't deal with the pain, but then wasn't shaving off. Mm. I couldn't deal with it. And the only reason why I didn't, because I had an incredible dog, and I didn't want anybody else to take care of her, because I, she was my off-leash dog. It was all signals. And I didn't want her to end up anywhere else. I'm like, I'll do it after. I'll do it after. Before she passed. Mm, it's amazing. I stayed around for her. Yeah. What's her name? Her name's Luna. Hmm. It's a great story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go next? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Thank you, Holly. Uh, I grew up on a ranch in Southern Idaho, and my grandma made us eat weeds, plants, but they were weeds, Mm -hmm. and uh, that stayed with me always. And um, like dandelion or garbage weeds? Well, no, they're not all garbage. They all are medicinal. Every weed out, everything out there growing is medicinal. We go up to my our family cabin. Because we have more uh, cattle, we 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 have winter summer range up there, and Grandma would go and she would do all the cooking for everybody, and there was quite a crew, and she was always picking things, and we'd have to go out every day and fill this little red bucket with pitch off the trees, and then uh, once a month she had to come over to her house and said we're going to have a gum chewing contest, she'd get the pitch out. Oh, have you ever chewed pitch? It's real bitter. <laughs> I didn't know until it's <laughs> pitch. It's the goop that comes yeah. out of pine trees. Yeah. Oh. And, you know, that s- sticky stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> so I didn't realize till I met uh, a lady that does things with turpentine, heals people with turpentine, that my grandma was worming us. So that, that was just a small part of how I grew up. And um, I had two older sisters and a younger brother, and none of them got this. So I wanted to I, I wanted to help people and I didn't know how else to do it so I went into nursing. So I've been a nurse for 47 years and I still wanted to help people more. I got divorced and I didn't know what to do. I had two children and they stayed with their dad and I, I was so broken hearted that I didn't know how to go on. So I signed up and went to Africa for a year. That tested my Wheaties. But you couldn't feel bad for yourself because all these people are suffering far worse right. than you. Mm-hmm. I had, I had all this weed background. So I studied before I went what kind of plants and things they had. And so I started making stuff over there and taught 
the natives have how to take care of themselves because they don't have any means at all. Yep. But you know the thing that struck me the most of I was in Guinea Bissau, and um, they all were foot covering. They all had flip flops or something on it. You'd think if you didn't have anything, you wouldn't cover your feet. Right. But they had vipers, and so I got to I got there's there's a snake charmer. Of course, it's all amnistic and and Muslim over there where I was. And uh, so this guy said, could you collect some serum for me with, with the vipers? So he did. So I started doing stuff with poison. Not to kill anybody, but there were a lot of people that would, it would have been better if they weren't there. But anyway, so, so, <laughs> I mean, there were some really difficult folks to deal with. Mm -hmm. they, you know, I learned there, I found myself again, and then I went started doing more natural things. And I've always been extremely healthy, horses, dogs, and I can really relate to your stories. And uh, well, after that divorce, I got, I, I went to a healer, and I had some, I had ADHD, had passed, don't have it anymore, and I had cognitive dyslexia. So when my children were young, I would read them a story, and my second grader said, Mom, you tell the story that means what you said, but you're not saying those words. In cognitive dyslexia, I would speed ahead and I'd read and I'd give them a summary. I didn't know I was doing it until my kid told me I was doing it. So I got some testing and they put me on some anti-speed medicine. They ate speed so it slowed down. And I didn't like it at all because I didn't like pharmaceuticals because we were into weeds. <laughs> so, <laughs> not the kind of weeds. I know, I do. <laughs> so, so I, I thought, well, I'm, I'm, I, I know what it feels like to not speed because when you have what I had, you go into a, a, like, it's like being in an appliance store with all the TVs on and you're picking up every TV and you think you can get it all and give everybody a summation of right, 14 right. TV, TV screens. And I thought I was good at that. I wasn't good at that. Nobody multitasks well. So anyway, I got off the medicine and I started using herbs, you know, weeds again. Weeds, yeah. yeah. And so I went to Trinity and I'm just going for weeds and I met all these great people and I got my CNHP, and I thought, wow, this, this is cool. And I met all these great people, and so then I did Trinity. But I got in a horse wreck way back in the middle of nowhere with three other two other women, and I broke my neck. And I didn't know I broke my neck because one of the other ladies was unconscious, and the other one, this bear, it was a bear attack, had bit her femur and shook her and fractured her femur. Of course, I was an ER nurse, I knew what to do. I, but the lady with the femur pulls her phone out. This was in 13. It says, get us some help. we got to have helicopters. I said, we're in the middle of nowhere. There's no help. And I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. And so three bars show up on this phone, and we get helicopters, and we get out of there. And I didn't know. I thought my arm was dislocated or something. I couldn't use my left arm. I was dragging people. So I drug these two women in the same spot, put their legs up, because we were on an incline. And I, did, I got away. Um, and I got into this, there was a little line shack, and that's what I was staring at when this mother bear jumps up, and you don't want to get between their cubs. Right. But we were between her cubs. And the lady that was unconscious played dead because she was unconscious, so the bear didn't have anything to do with her. But the other lady was screaming because she'd hurt her ankle real bad. The bear came over and injured her severely, and then it went for me. And I was up in the top of this little building as high as I could get, and it was breaking and falling down, and she got my thigh. But I didn't realize she had. So anyway, I took care of the women. We got helicopter in. And I told them, the guy said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I am. And he said, I think you've lost a lot of blood. Because my pants were saturated. My boobs full. And we got help. We got out in about three hours. 
But that isn't why the story is about. The story is about they flew us all into Cody, stabilized us. Well, the guy said, you're hurt really bad. Let me start an IV on you. I, and I said, no, I'm okay. I'll just ride out in the front seat. Our horses were long gone. They were gone for three days, but some people found them. And my bear spray and my 45 were on my horse. <laughs> so it didn't do me a dang bit of good. So now when I ride, I put them on my body. So I wake up in the hospital, and they had, I had a fracture in my neck. And so they fixed that, and I went home the next day. And um, they never looked at your leg. Oh yeah, they looked. They saw my leg up. They were, you know, but and my hemoglobin was a little low. But I told them I didn't want any blood. But they did all this stuff to me without my consent. Consent. And so I went home, and my nurse friends I worked in OB, and they came to help take care of me and stuff. And I had two puppies at the time, and they chewed my oxygen tubing up. And I mean, I was in kind of bad shape for oh maybe three. But anyway, I recovered from all of that, but I had my friends, this was in June, go out and get plants for me and make stuff for me because I couldn't get up and move around all that much. But I recovered from all of that. And then I went to this healer that healed me of my cognitive dyslexia. My rabbit trail is now coming around. It's going to finalize right here. And so I got healed of my healing of my disabilities, my learning disabilities. And I, I, I thought I was just average. My siblings are all geniuses. And I thought I was just an average learner. So I went, I decided, well, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna become a nature path. I'm gonna go back to school. And so I did. And so that brings me to here. I, I bought a lady's practice in Cody and she, I, had a, I had 500 hours that I wanted to put in with her. And she taught me muscle testing. And so I learned that and I thought, okay. And so, Long, that, that's the long version, but that's the only version I could tell because all of those pieces had such an important part. So when Bonnie, a friend of them and mine, I practice with two other nature paths. One lives in UP, Michigan, and the other lives near Chicago. And so we always get on the phone and we say, I got a patient with this, what would you do? Well, Bonnie ferreted these people out, and that's why I'm here, <laughs> is because Bonnie's going to come, but, you know, she lives in Michigan, and it's terrible there. They have horrible I was just in Uber. Right, right after we took our exam in September, I met two girlfriends, and we went straight to Uber. You could have stayed with Bonnie. You know, we went to <laughs> Mackinac Island. Yeah. 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 Mm. So anyway, that, that's how I got here. And uh, My grandma said, you, you, need to, you need to heal people. Well, just before I went to naturopathic school, I... I was studying into intuitive medicine, and I started seeing auras, people's auras. And I don't really want to see people's auras because it's distracting. I can't really see you because I see your aura and everybody's auras. So, what, what color is mine? Um, it's all colors, mm -hmm. and it's got you all your. Your, My mother could see them and didn't even know she was looking at them. My mother was oh. able to see them and didn't even know what she was looking at until she went to a class with my father that John Brimhall taught in Denver and his assistant was, she could do that. And when she was started describing what she was seeing, uh, my mom was, oh, that's what I've been seeing for, uh, I thought everybody could do that. So that she never said anything. Oh, that's funny. My mother never said anything because she thought, wow, everybody should, that's okay. how you see people. Right. And no, that's not how everybody sees people. Mm -hmm. so. I saw my own once, it was two colors. And I was like, why am I seeing this? Why am I seeing this? Is there something wrong with the light? Was something, why am I seeing this? And then, like, I was a little bit of a haze. Like, I wasn't totally focused. When It usually happens when you're so, I don't know about you, 
but that was the one and only time that I saw it. Mm. Well, my ex-husband choked me till I was unconscious. I lost my vision, and when my vision came back, this start kind of started, and I thought I was having neurological episodes <clears throat> because I was afraid. Being a Christian, I was afraid of the other side, and I was afraid, and I didn't want to. I didn't want that to happen to me. I thought they'll think I'm absolutely nuts, so I didn't tell anybody about it for a long time. Mm. But now I can walk down the street and I see everybody's auras, and it's so distracting. But I asked God to help me with that. So could you turn tone that down a little bit? So yeah. And Bonnie, I'm sorry, Bonnie. Who? Bonnie, Bonnie, uh, Koenig. Oh. Okay. Yeah, Koenig. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And they they all have other talents too. So I have a, just a hodgepodge of all kinds of stuff going on. So I've learned more about intuition and uh, muscle testing and everything. And so I, uh, I'm just tickled to be here because I have such a zeal for healing people. But when I was in Africa, uh, a, a pastor anointed me with oil and I got my vision back because I didn't have vision in my right eye. And so he healed my right eye. And uh, so that was home amazing because I didn't think that would happen. I said, God, change how I see things in life because I can't see right. And that's when the oral parts started coming and I thought something was wrong with me. Because I was afraid to ask because it's kind of woo-woo. I mean, you, get, you guys get woo-woo. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that's enough for now. <laughs> <laughs> we got the whole weekend. Yay! Yeah, that's awesome. That's that, awesome. When you ask people like us, like, tell us your story. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be riddled. If you don't food. know, write this in your notes. If you don't recognize the worms, how are you going to go fishing? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Got to know the worms yeah, if you're going to yeah. be a successful fisherman. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So. Um, well, so 19 years ago, I had my son. And um, when he was... Listen, I'm trying to think. Was it before or after? Um, so he was two and a half, and he was diagnosed with a genetic liver disorder. And so um, at that point, I, I mean, I've always been into natural health. I've always loved natural health. Um, but I was always that person who was never confident enough to to believe in what I, you know, I, I always, it was like, oh, well, they're a doctor, they should know, they know what they're talking about, you know, that's how I was raised. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, when he was diagnosed with a liver disease, um, that's when I started questioning more, you know, what can, what can I do, where can, and I, so I started asking those questions to his medical doctors, and every question I would ask, they would be like, Oh yeah, I don't know about that. And I'd say, well, I researched this, you know, and I researched this, and you know, can I do this because you know it has something to do with his liver? And they would all say, oh, I, I don't know about that, you know. All I know is you should do this, you know. But I don't, you, you know, and they would just dismiss me. And so that's when I became really um, involved in, I guess, really researching natural health more than. I did in the past um, and then as far as intuition and things like that um, I was raised Christian I was raised Pentecost and so that is an extreme form and so you know 
if you even dabble in that sort of thing, you're dying and going to hell. You know, I mean, it's so it was really, you have to be very careful with that <laughs> religion to, um, in that sense. But anyway, um, when my son, the son that has the liver disease, he was about three years old, three or four years old. And because of his liver disease, I had to get up with him at night. He, a lot of times had, you know, moments where he was sitting on the toilet at night, you know. And so um, we were sitting there. We were sitting there one night. I was sitting on the side of the bathtub and he was sitting on the toilet. And I was thinking in my mind, I was thinking, okay, what, it was something that I needed to do. I was trying to figure out where I needed to go or what I needed to do the next day. What time did I tell somebody? And he looked at me and said, it's at 6.30. And I was like, what? I mean, I said nothing. Mm. I mean, he was just, the, and, and he's how old? Three, mm. three, four years old. Yeah. I think it was about three and a half. And so that was my moment of, oh my gosh, you know, there is something going on here. And so he's always been very, um, I mean, we call him an old soul. He's just, you know, that type of person. Um, so anyway, um, about two to three years after that, um, I got really sick with thyroid. I had just about, I had his brother. And um, so I got really sick with my thyroid. And I was going back and forth. I had hyperthyroidism. They diagnosed me with Graves' disease. And so it was at that point, I mean, I had two little ones. I was in the thick of it, you know. And so I was just like, somebody help me because I was having all the heart palpitations that, you know, I was 30-something years old. And so, um, but that's when the doctor said, okay, well, um, you need to have radioactive iodine. And so I was just like, I don't even care. Just do what we need to do because I need help. And so, unfortunately, I did that. Uh, killed my thyroid. Uh, since then, I have been struggling with issues with my thyroid and trying to find a way to naturally heal that or help that. Um, since I've had the radioactive iodine, I don't know. You know, I'm at that point where it's like, okay, I need help somehow or another. Um, we moved to, I, I, as my son, you know, I was helping him, I got into herbs, herbs, tinctures, um, essential oils, um, uh, the flower essences, all that stuff. So I had been kind of dabbling in that. And then in 2017, we moved to Austin and that's when I decided to go start to Trinity. And um, I put everything else on the back burner and said, okay, I'm gonna go to Trinity, started that program um, in um, January of last year. Uh, my dad was diagnosed with cancer, and so I had to take six months off. Um, unfortunately, he passed away in July. Um, but, so I had to take the six months off of my, and then I finally finished in October my CNHP. Um, so that's basically where I am now. I am uh, looking more for, okay, I have this education now. One, I need to know more and what my next step is and how to move forward. And um, I guess like you two, you know, I just want to give back. I want to help. I want to find out more how to help myself, my family, 
and other people and just um, go from there. So That's awesome. Wow. Oh, I know. <sighs> well, I can't follow those at all. Very impactfully. Um, wow, great stories. Thank you for sharing those. That's amazing. In... Uh, in 1974, my grandfather had Parkinson's, shook real bad in his right hand. And they were playing with cinnamon, which is still the medication used today for whatever reason, neurotoxin, uh, to shut down the nervous system. And he was, I remember sitting at the kitchen table with my grandfather, having breakfast. And he would literally shake like a leaf and almost pass out in his eggs because of the meds. Did nothing for, you know. And we didn't know any better. You know, it's 1974. And this went on for about a year. No success, no real improvements. And then the medical doctor said, oh, well, hey, we have this new and wonderful procedure. Guaranteed if you get this done, you'll stop shaking. Yeah, you rolled your eyes and you know why. And so they took him in the hospital. They slipped the nerves in his wrist and he quit shaking. Awesome. Yeah. So at a young age, the message I got was that modern medicine might be amazing in certain areas. But it gave very little to no thought to the quality of life for my grandfather after this so-called wonderful procedure. Right hand. Yeah. So he ended up. And it actually just atrophied. He couldn't use it after that at all, right? So my, my father got very upset, obviously. So did other people in our family. And uh, he started studying. My father was building 150 houses a year as a building contractor, okay, in Montana at the time. And I recently got, I, uh, last month, I got to spend about five days with him out in Oregon, you know, and I always ask people about their whys. And so I said, you know, let's talk, let's revisit why you did this. And he really went deep for me. And he said, you know, he says, there's a difference between the financial rewards of selling 150 homes a year and the relationship fulfillment you get by helping someone get well. Two totally different, right? It wasn't about money. Never was about money. The fulfillment that you get from helping somebody achieve optimum health, whatever that looks like for them, because that's not on us, that's between them, God, what, you know, the universe, okay? Um, is, is so much more enriching and empowering than money, right? And so that's why he started Country Doctor. About nine years after that, um, his father's in a VA hospital in Oregon. He's on 12 medications when he gets there. He used to say things like, well, I get to go to the VA today. That's like giving my life twice for the same country. You know, He'd make a joke. Oh, we'd laugh. Oh, Grandpa, you're so funny. But unfortunately, in his case, it turned out to be true. Because when they got in there and he did his blood analysis, his titers for infection had spread. They were rampant, you know, inf- you know and had emphysema. So, that, oh, this is spreading, okay? So uh, we need to admit you for observation, keyword observation. And they kept him on 12 medications while in a hospital bed. Not moving. Not moving, not observing the fact that he hadn't had a bowel movement in nine days and he died from his own liver toxicity. Oh, man. Okay? So that's what happened to my other grandfather. And that was in 1983, and that's when I went back to school and started studying and learning and following kind of in my father's footsteps. Um, prior to that, I was a farrier, shod horses, right, for 12 years, traveled six states, loved it. Still, I didn't get rid of my horse like five years ago. It's just, you know, because it gets in your blood. Love, right? Grew up with animals, grew up with... Love around. Smell oh, it's amazing. <laughs> Except burnt flesh from a hot iron. That, yeah, that's not good smell. Or, or hot shoes sometimes. Yeah. yeah, that's got an interesting scent to it. Hoof, hoof burning is kind of interesting. Maybe we'll open some 
supplement that she had, and I went, ooh, I love the smell. It smells like horse stuff. And, like, the third ingredient was alfalfa. I'm like, you said, there it is. You just can't. You can't. You can't. And uh, I was actually the assistant director for a school uh, in North Idaho, right on the Montana border, North Idaho, Western Montana, uh, Bull River area of Montana, gorgeous, gorgeous area of Montana, 86 acre, acre campus um, for at-risk teens working with drug and alcohol and rehabilitation, things of that nature. And, uh, and my dad said, I need help. I need you to come and help me with this. And I said, well, I got one year left on my contract here and I'll get back on my studies. I hadn't completed my studies, right? Life happens, okay? And, uh, but I went back to work and got my, my, uh, my ND through, uh, through Herbal Healer Academy, Dr. Mariah McCain out of Fort View, Arkansas. She doesn't have her school anymore. She's been a naturopath for about 45 years. Um, and uh, then got ANMA board certified and ANWP, uh, uh, actually a board member for helping other people get certified through that organization now. And, uh, but I joined my father November 1st of 2001 here. And, and one of my, part of my why was working with my dad. I just love, I just love working with my father. I'm adopted, right? So I thought, wow, here's a guy that's doing something for somebody he never had to do, right? So I, I just, this overwhelming sense of gratitude for my life, you know, and, and an opportunity to work with my dad. I thought, oh, this is great. And so in 2001, I started doing my internship here. And at the time, and we all have bills, and, we all have, and we're going to talk about finances and I'm going to share with you my philosophy on finances this weekend to some degree so you'll understand where I'm coming from on that and how it's an important integral part of what we do um, as long as it's kept in proper perspective and right-sized. Um, but when I came here, my dad uh, had built his business up as a single practitioner. He was doing about 225000 a year in cash and he works part-time, okay? That was, that was his – and he said – you know, and he told me several times, there's no way that a single practitioner can do more than, than this. And what, what it, the message that got sent to me was, what I heard him say was, there's no way a practitioner can do more than the way I do it for two and a quarter a year, okay? That's what I heard. Because I felt like there was a lot of things that we could do, but I just couldn't put my finger on it. I just couldn't put my finger on it. And that was in 2001, 2002. So I was also very fortunate that I got to do a two and a half year internship with a master herbalist, with kinesiology, working in an exam room, working with people in the trenches every single day for two and a half years. Makes a huge difference, okay? However, he and I worked by, by, side by side for two and a half years, okay? The moment he pulled out of the clinic, revenue dropped 60%. Cthud, okay? So, and if you want me to explain why that dynamic happened, I can go into it, but it's simply secession of, of authority did not, was not intact. Just because I stood beside him in an exam room for two and a half years with all of his clients did not mean that as soon as he pulled out, they were accepting me as their practitioner, mm -hmm. right? We didn't make that connection properly. Now we know how to do that, okay? So we dropped 60% in revenue. I had a gal that was answering phones for me, and we were in 1807 at the time, it was just me and uh, Veronica. She worked for me four hours a day because I couldn't pay. I couldn't afford to pay her four and a half, right? And because uh, we cathud, and uh, and I, I had developed stress induced. I had developed stress induced psoriasis on my head so bad I couldn't. I was itching it with a coat hanger. Oh wow! Okay, it was terrible. Um, deep purple reddish color all over my head, and it wasn't the hairline, so you couldn't really see it. And in those days, my hair was nice and dark. Okay, <laughs> uh, so it didn't really show through, but. Um, I spent two and a half years in what I refer to as education by bloodletting. 
okay? And it is not a way I suggest you learn the business side of the healing arts, okay? Learn the healing arts however you want. Go to whatever modality you love, flower essences and herbs and weeds, right? Because they're going the same, right? And understanding the, the psychological behavioral science of energy, right? Which we all do have. That's fine. Those are all wonderful, okay? That's part of your why. That's what you love, you have a passion for. Your why is what got you here so you could figure out how to execute. You got to have the why, the what, and the how. I had the why when the thing took a dump and I developed personal health issues. And, and I knew what I wanted to accomplish, right? I was in the right place. I wanted to be there with my father, relationships, things like that. But I didn't know how to execute. And what happened was I got a postcard from a, a, a gal out of Florida in September of 2005. And I called her up and I talked to her. And she said, we got a gentleman by the name of George Birnbach. He's an amazing trainer. He loves what you folks do. And I think you might benefit from coming and spending a weekend from this guy. I said, okay. So I went down there and spent a weekend with this guy. And here's where he, the, the, the switch flipped for me. My father had a low-volume, high-fee practice. I wanted a high-volume, low-fee practice. Everyone's nodding their head, right? Because that makes more sense long-term. It's easier to create, manage, market, sustain, and advance. And you have to have those five elements in your business. You have to, or you won't. It'll, it'll, it's going to do this, okay? You have to capture those five elements. So here's what happened. I came back and went to work. And at the time, we were in 1803, 1801 and 1803 by then. Um, and uh, Liana was the gal that was running the front office, just her and I. And I came back in December of 2005, and I said, look here, here's what we're going to do. And I, we figured out what her role was and what my role was, and we integrated that. We didn't step over boundaries, right? We figured out what her responsibilities of her position were, and do you accept responsibilities for that? Me as a practitioner, here's the responsibilities of my position, and I take responsibility for that. And boom, it just comes together. And we hit the ground running January of 2006. And in 2006... January, I was seeing between four and six people a day, okay? Um, it was not good. But we revamped our fee structure. We got back a hold of all those people, right, to recapture those relationships. Because how many of you ever heard the old saying, it's a numbers game? Mm-hmm. That's not true. It's a lie. It's a relationship game. And you better figure out how to play the relationship game really good, okay? It's a relationship game. And your relationship with your clients is based on the right education at the right time. You have got to be 20 steps ahead of them before the phone rings. Mm -hmm. That's what you're going to get exposed to this weekend. So that no longer be an issue. And you can focus on your weeds and your behavior and your flower. Right? right? Because those are valuable. They've got to be presented in the right strategic manner. So we went to work. January. August of 2006, we averaged 26 visits a day. My capacity was 30. My capacity, for me personally, one practitioner, one front office person, because we've proven it, okay? The capacity for that is 30 people a day. It's 120 visits a week. And I ran at that pace for six years, okay? And then I finally- Three days a week. Four days a week, three day weekends, okay? Hour and a half lunch, okay? Seven hours a day, seven and a half hours a day. And I, 
Um, Liana and, and, and here's the thing, Liana and I got to grow into that. Okay. So now what's happened is this is a real key component. Most people that come here, um, there's no way that my front office can be run by one person and they couldn't now anyways, cause it's you know, 40 people a day, 35, 40 people a day. Um, so it, it takes two minimum to run our front office only just for the, the, the practice side. Okay. And, uh, but we, but, but Leon and I got the opportunity to grow into that. See, we understood where we had to be efficient and what we, and then finally when Tammy came uh, to the clinic, um, yeah, did, did dinner with Tam- was that Tammy yes. the, from here. Yes. Okay. So when she came in, she actually followed me around. She was the one that followed me around and captured the nuances of everything you do say, why do you do it that way? Everything. Okay. For, for a long time to make practice blueprint what it is, right? All the different PMEs in there, practice management essentials, the different sections, all the pearls, right? That's, you can, when you see Tammy, give her a big hug and thank her. She, she did tap on it and she also mentioned, oh, that she does work for the Air Force and she mm-hmm. she already gives off an energy. I, I, I really do read energy and I went, oh yeah, that's you. You're very cerebral and you're very yep. linear yep. and organized and- um, Yep. She the- brought structure to my flexibility. Yeah. That's what this one does. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm purely squirrel. You heard her comment <laughs> earlier. Well, no, it's true. I, I I'm cool with it. I'm pure squirrel, right? She said it earlier. No matter what I say, he's gonna do it the opposite anyways, right? <laughs> She's right. She knows me. Sometimes okay. I tell him. Yeah. And it'll get done better her way. I get it. I get it. Yeah, but we need that balance. Yeah, we have to have that. Yes. Yeah, you have to have that. So what happened was in 2008, I decided after two years of, of, of playing with that, before I was running a capacity for another four years, just one practitioner, um, I, uh, you know, I, I, I met some, some practitioners out of Colorado. I had people call me up and say, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And, uh, and so in 2008, I made the decision to, to actually pursue as a piece of what we do, as a piece of what we offer is the opportunity for other practitioners to come here, spend time with us, pick our brains, address their concerns, be vulnerable, get on the right track, all right, get rid of the garbage that is not gonna pay off long-term, at least from our experience. Now again, I said it earlier, and it's the truth. We've got some answers. We don't have all the answers, but we've got some answers that work real well. And so we started doing that in 2008. Carl Malone, not the basketball player, Carl Malone from Colorado, (laughs) he came through. Uh, we got him going. He's still down there. He's got the natural path in Fort Collins. Great guy. Um, and he's come to some of our practitioner weekends. He and, and Kimberly, his wife, still in business. I was at their first, I was at their graduation for uh, their doctor natural medicine uh, college down in, in uh, South Denver. And I uh, got to do a little uh, deal there for the 16 graduates. And it was a lot of fun and, you know, and kind of launch practice blueprint. And part of my why is that I understand very keenly from learn, education by bloodletting, what practitioners go through, okay? When you and say bloodletting, are you mean financial it was, bleeding? It was terrible. It was brutal. Emotional okay. pain, psychological pain, and financial pain. That's a, that's, that's a education by bloodletting, right? And it's just, it's just terrible. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Practice Blueprint, the podcast. In order to get connected with us, by way of Facebook or online or with our LinkedIn accounts, check us out at our website, countrydoctorwholesale.com. It's countrydoctorwholesale, 
www.thepowerofpowerpodcast.com. There you can get plugged into a number of resources. Give us feedback, ask questions, find out about future practitioner events, and be plugged into the Practice Blueprint Manual, which does provide over 20 hours of continuing education credits for practitioners that need it. It is a accredited nationally program with the ANMCB and the AANWP. So again, thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to catching you next time on Practice Blueprint, the podcast.